Hello and welcome to the Greg Fearon podcast with your host Greg Fearon and today I have back the awesome Renee Ekberg and Susan Nebergal. Hello ladies, how are you? Hi, doing hey. well, thank you. So it was six months ago since we all caught up, I think January. Wow. wow. Since we last caught up. <laughs> so yeah, as you were saying, Susan's been traveling, I believe. To yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, every month to Dallas. It's been uh a lot different than going to New York every month, you know, the nice imagine. peaceful train. And now I'm going into the crazy airport. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it keeping me busy doing lots and lots and lots of inner circle stuff. So very good. All good. Awesome. And Renee, what have you been up to? Wow. I have not been traveling, but it's, <laughs> I would like to, it sounds fun. This fall, I will be traveling a little bit more, but I have been actually, I uh, took up uh, I bought a road bike about two months ago and kind of getting into that. And that's been really fun for me. Just something different. Mm. It's my heart rate going. Um, I've seen that. New. Yeah. It's well, I, in let's see, I think it was last December. I bought a spin bike and I think it took till February to actually do anything on the spin bike. And then <laughs> you gave me some finishers with it. And I was like, I don't know if I like this. This kind of sucks. This is hard. It's so different for me. And I'm, I'm not a cardio lover, but I'm realizing that I need to incorporate that um, as yep. well. So, yep. so that really kind of got me started. And then I have a friend who um, is a spin class instructor. So we started doing it on Instagram and just, it's so convenient. And then I was like, this is a really great workout. Oh my gosh, this is, uh, this gets me going. So uh, then I bought some, some, um, shoes with clips in them and then started looking around for a bike um, this this spring so I think uh, July actually it was just mid-July I bought my bike and I haven't done any racing or you know rode in a group or anything but I've gone I live in the country and I've gone on a lot of country roads and um, it's been really fun so it's a great workout too man I can tell my legs have really um, benefited so far from that so absolutely I went, I went to a race um just to observe it on Sunday and um definitely we'll we'll be signing up for some of that kind of stuff next summer to add to my lifting because that is still my first love <laughs> I, it's fun you know, to do something different it right? is it really is I mean because I'm using my spin bike here um I haven't ventured into the outside world yet but I but one thing that I've started doing is I've been doing some one-on-one Pilates sessions. Oh, nice. Um, and I, so I just had this curiosity about Pilates. So I took a handful of classes and they were, eh, you know, everyone yeah. says, Oh, you're going to be so sore. And I, I wasn't at all. I didn't feel like it was that challenging for me in the classes. And, um, I really wanted to do it to stretch out my hip and get some hip mobility stuff in. And so mm-hmm. I talked to the instructor. So now we're doing one-on-one and all we're doing is hip mobility and stretching. That's it. And that is like perfect for me. Mm. Um, it's been, it's worked amazingly well. And I, I just love having something else to do. Right. It's, it's yes. nice. Yeah. And learning something new too. Yeah. Is yeah. really, I love that. So next year is Renee going to be doing the tour de France. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to be looking out for you. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a great analogy there, though, that you said no, because it's kind of that almost feels like the person who's uh, got 30 or 40 or 50 pounds to lose and then wants to uh, get it, get it off by next week. Right. Right. It doesn't happen. Just doesn't happen. Hey, Renee, I want to ask you, though, like when I, I have this spin bike, but I have no desire to go outside and go somewhere on a bike. 
I want to just stay in my, I mean, I don't know. Did that change? Like, how did that change? I, I still don't have any desire to go into, if I would ever get a bike, I certainly wouldn't get clips on a bike outside because I'll fall over. I know I will. Um, I'm just terrified of stuff like that. And I don't have, I don't know. When did that change for you? Like, gosh, um, I was curious. I think I was just really curious if it yeah. would be similar to the spin bike. And I have, you know, a regular, uh, we call it like a Dorothy bike or an Auntie M bike where you yeah. sit handlebars and my husband and I we 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 ride on those and you know riding the spin bike is so different than riding on that and I thought well what would be uh riding a road bike outside be different so we stopped we actually went for a ride in Green Bay on a trail and stopped at a bike shop and just out of curiosity just looking around and because because of COVID um it's really hard to find a bike and when I started looking they were like you you might be waiting two years to get a bike your size because a oh, road wow. bike has to fit. It has to be the right size for you. Yeah. Um, that's if you get really specific into a bike. I don't need that. I just need a basic road bike I can ride. So um, when I when we stopped that day and found that bike um, that fit me and I like the color, which I don't know is important to me. It was blue. I like blue. <laughs> it wasn't like white or red or something. I guess. I took it for a ride and I was like, this is really cool. Like you just glide and you just go, it's just so easy and you go so fast and I love speed. I love to go fast. So, um, yeah, I was kind of sold like instantly. It's like, I want to do this. So I waited a couple hours. I mm. told him I would let him know. And I was on the bike ride and I'm like, if I don't buy that bike, someone else is going to buy it by tomorrow. Cause that's typically what's been happening. Yes. So I called him, I called the bike shop back and I was like, I'm going to be back to buy that bike. Don't sell it. <laughs> so, uh, good for you. I was sold. And I think the next week I, I went out on a, just out on our country roads and it was just exhilarating. Yeah. It was awesome. fun. Love it. Yeah, um, you definitely have to do the Tour de France. And I have a lot to learn. (laughs) (laughs) My longest bike ride so far has been 30 miles. And the the ride that I observed on Sunday was 90 miles. And to me, it's like, wow, that's quite a ride. My cousin Mm. did that ride. And it was just like a afternoon bike ride for her. So wow. (laughs) Wow. The doms. I can feel the doms now. So question for you, ladies, how's your what are you working on your training at the minute? Where are you at in your kind of respective phases? Who wants to shoot first? Well, um, yeah, so I've been continuing. um, Susan's been continuing to write my programs, changing that up. It's been taking me a little bit longer to complete my four-week program. Had been taking me anywhere from six to eight weeks, and I'm back down to four or five weeks, which I've been working hard on to stay consistent with that. Um, a couple things that changed for me is we increased the volume a little bit a couple months ago, and I enjoyed that. That was something new for me. And then also, um, Susan has been adding finishers for me, and I, I really like that as well. Just trying to get a little, the heart rate up a little more. I think I realized when I started lifting uh, three and a half years ago, I, I was really pushing myself hard. And over time, I just, I maybe let up on that a little bit. My heart rate wasn't getting as high. I wasn't maybe pushing as hard. And I find that the finishers really make me push myself. So I've been enjoying that. And um, I'm, I've been sore again. And to me, just once in a while, that feels that just, I feel like I'm, I'm working and not that that determines a good workout, but it's, again, it's just something that changes things up a little bit. And I enjoy that. Awesome. And Susan, what's your training been like at the minute? Actually, great timing on this question because I start a new phase today. Oh, okay. um, and it's completely different from anything I've done probably ever. Um, 
we're, we're, and I'm training around a shoulder injury too, although I don't think that's going to play a, a role in this whatsoever, but essentially I'm going to have a lot of two sets of things to failure. Um, and, and not a lot of things, <laughs> you know, so the premise is I go hard, really, really hard. Mm. Um, it's going to feel very different. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. We're really focusing a lot on glutes and quads in particular. And then, um, I guess everything I saw I can do, I can do with my shoulder. My shoulders come a long way and it's been about a month and, um, I've made significant progress, but, um, the other part of my training is I, I haven't been able to do chin-ups in a month or yeah, it's been about a month. And, uh, I got on a band yesterday for the first time. It's like, oh my God, I can actually do them, um, with a, with a medium band on. So, you know, the chin-up rebuild starts today. You know, I'm greasing the group wow. every day now with band assist chin-ups and, um, just going to go with them until I can decrease the band and then in, go back to reps and, and things like that. I got to play this. I have a bicep tendon issue and I got to play that very smartly mm. <laughs> or I will be, you know, dealing with this forever. So but that's an important message. I think for people listening that if you have an injury, work around it and take you got it. to, yeah, you got to. And I think this is so, so important. And I've been talking about this a lot recently because of the timing, I mean, I'm injured, but ice is old school. Like you don't sit in ice and rest anymore. And that, I, I think that's asking for a lot of trouble. You might need some ice af right after impact of something, right? Yeah. If there's, especially if there's visible swelling. Yeah. Um, if there's visible swelling, sure. Ice at the beginning, but after that, man, you need to move and you, you, I, I've told, tell people this all the time. You need to go to the gym and literally take a piece of paper and a pen with you and write down every find exercises you can do. And it's going to require you doing that, not a coach telling you what to do, but mm. you going and finding out what it is that you can do. And then if you have a coach, you tell your coach, these are the exercises I can do without pain. Let your coach build around that. Or if you're doing your own, then you formulate your own workout around what you can do. Right. I mean, it's going to look different yep. than a normal workout. That's cool. It doesn't matter. But the point is you keep your head in the game by keeping your routine intact. Right. You, you don't sit there. Well, I'll rest for a week and then try it. Don't, <laughs> you know. Your body needs the blood flow, the oxygen, all that to the injured area. That's how you're going to heal. Right. And, hmm. and then, you know, like I went to see my doc where I, I entered it. I don't even know what day of the week I think, but I saw him two days later. I'm like, I'm not screwing with this. I feel it. This is not good. Um, a pop and a pain is never good. Right. No, uh, never. It's That's not a good thing. So no. um, I went and started to start. He took me through a huge movement assessment came up with why he thinks his bicep tendon and not rotator. And it made sense to me. And we went with, I'm, I get a dry needled every week and he gives me, he graduates me to different exercises. So like my first set of exercises were all about the rotator, up the rotator. And then the, I graduated to stability exercises, which is where I'm at now. And those have helped substantially um, mm -hmm. things that you wouldn't imagine um, really require that much stability, but require a whole bunch of stability. I mean, imagine this taking a big physio ball, putting it on a wall and taking your injured arm. This is my injured shoulder yeah. and pressing on it and then writing the letters of the alphabet with it. That's, I mean, easy. that's massive shoulder stability right mm. there, you know? Um, so yeah, stuff like that. Long story short, don't stop training. <laughs> that's it. <laughs>
Amen. I think you put that one to bed. Go on, Renee. Susan, I was curious what um, instigated the programming change. Um, you know, I don't, he and I talked, Jordan, I talked about it a little bit. Um, this is kind of how his programming is right now. Um, okay. And and he and when I was in Dallas, he and I worked out together several times and, and we talked about that. And I told him, I said, you know, this is intriguing to me. It's something really different. And he goes, well, let's talk about the next phase. And so that's why. So it's it's much more. I mean, I've been much more in a hypertrophy kind of thing um, rather than raw strength, two sets, um, 10 reps and their failure, each one. Right. Um, not everything's two sets. Some sets are some I have three sets. Um, but so it's just going to feel very different and yeah. it's just new, right? I haven't, yeah. I haven't done anything like this. I don't think ever, and definitely not as much focus on strength as I have been recently. So, we'll so we, you have longer rest periods in those sets as well. Yeah. You know, okay. So, so when he programs in there, Bulgarian split squats, um, yes. 12 of them <laughs> per leg, but as heavy as I can go. And he wants me to hold on to something. That's how heavy he wants me to do it. Oh, wow. Um, so like, wow. I'll be holding on for dear life over here, holding as whatever heavy dumbbell, whatever I can hold and go and doing 12 of them, you know, I'm probably going to throw up is my guess. I, <laughs> that is the one exercise that really, that will bring up that kind of feeling when you get up to the 12s. Yeah. <laughs> it, when I, when I wear my band and I train, I do split squats. My heart rate just goes from this to Yes. it's yes. unbelievable yeah mm. awesome all right ladies so i've got a few questions from the world of social media um so i'd love to dive into those so okay. the, the first one was from a lady called polly underscore freckles maybe she knows one of you too i don't know um so her question was does crossfit or hit type training spike cortisol and therefore isn't great for perimenopausal or menopausal women you want to start or you want me to start? Go for it. <laughs> okay. So whenever I hear people talk about cortisol like that, right? They think that cortisol is this thing that when you get it, it completely shuts down your body, right? Um, the stress, like I'm so stressed. That must be why I'm not losing weight. Well, maybe indirectly. And I think this is a great example of that. Um, when you stress your body or when you're stressed or, and you have higher levels of cortisol, other things kind of happen. Um, your sleep's not great, probably on top of all of that. And when your sleep's not great on top of all of that, um, your behaviors are going to change. And that's the problem is you will get, you might have more cravings. You might want more comfort food. You might be more snacky. Those things are the issue. It's not CrossFit. <laughs> it's not what a hit. It's not the cortisol directly. It's how we react to it. Yeah. And the way I think the way to overcome that is awareness. You just need to be aware and honest with yourself mm -hmm. as to what's going on. It's hard. There, there, there's no way around that, but people have to understand it's, there's nothing magical, some chemical in cortisol that changes the science of weight loss, <laughs> you know? It, it, it just doesn't, it's what we do in reaction to the cortisol that will, that will affect our weight loss. Right. I mean, yeah. I, and I think in some ways, isn't that great news though? Like it's empowering still control everything. You're still in power of this. Mm. Yeah. If you well, got part of that, 
and part of that question, did she, what did she ask about, um, so therefore, is it okay to do in perimenopause? Yeah, I think that's where, she, that, I mean, I've literally given it word for word. I think that's what she yeah. means. Is, you know. Okay, right. So along those same lines, just like Susan said, I mean, it, there's not a straight line where you, you can't do this because you're in perimenopause or, you, you know, this is going to change because you're doing CrossFit or HIT and it's, you know, the thing is, like Susan said, when your sleep is affected, if you're stressing your body and that's affecting different things in your life, such as sleep, to me, sleep is like the number one, if, if my sleep is affected and I'm not sleeping well, I'm not going to work out or I'm going to have a crappy workout. I'm probably going to be snacking on crappy food that I typically will not even desire. You know, it, like she said, it just, it affects so many different things. So it's not about whether you should or shouldn't do it during perimenopause. It's about your areas of life that are affected because of the stressors you're maybe getting from that. So yeah, you have to be aware of yeah. how those exercises affect you. I, I will also say this, if you're in perimenopause, menopause, damn it, you should be doing stuff like this. I mean, if yeah. you love CrossFit, yeah, you, you should be doing it. Mm. You should be lifting heavy weight. You should be doing all of that because yes. I, I, I will tell you, and, and I know there's some research out there that documents this a little bit. It, there's not a lot, but it's probably for me anecdotal too, but, um, and Renee might, might be similar, but I will tell you this st strength training hard kept symptoms kind of at, I don't want to say at bay, but helped manage them for me. That yes. was a lifesaver. I, you know, and I'm not going to sit here and guarantee that that's going to change for every single person out there, but certainly it's probably, it's going to help to some degree, I think. Yes. Agreed. And I agree. I, I read somewhere, in, and this has been a few years ago, and it was a study, but that if you start perimenopause lean and in shape, you are going to probably, you the chances are you will have fewer or less severe effects of perimenopause or menopause mm. as, they, as they come on. And I don't remember where I read that, but I remember reading that and I was like, that's a good thing. <laughs> that's what... I'm not going to stop strength training or hmm. because I hit perimenopause or any other reason. I think what's probably happened is that there was a stage in the fitness world where cortisol was blamed for everything. Everything. Right. Yeah. If you did too much cardio, it was going to spike your cortisol. Then you lose all your muscle or it would go straight to belly fat. And then I think what happens then is when people think about intensity, they think about stress, but actually the stress is your, is your whole life. So if you're stressed from your job, stressed with the kids, stressed with the husband, stressed with everything that's going on in the world, and then you add in CrossFit, that yeah. might that might push you over the edge. Yeah. But and I, then CrossFit gets the blame. <laughs> yeah, then the CrossFit's the blame, yeah. not the yeah. fact that you don't sleep, you're stressed with everything else. And I think that's the big challenge. Awesome. So then some from the same lady, um, she was very active. She's <laughs> Is fasting any good for perimenopausal or menopausal women? Is what? Fasting. Oh, okay. Um, it is It is no better or no worse than anything else, to be honest. It, it is a, a way of managing eating. Some people like to fast. I don't know really why. <laughs> I'll be really honest. I'm sorry, but I'm just, it's not... It's not in my nature to want to not eat um, at all. Um, some people like the feeling of, of not having a full belly and stuff like that. And that I get, I get. Um, 
but is it a magical thing that's going to really change everything? No, it's just a way of managing your eating. If you feel better that way, then by all means do it. I mean, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, but don't look to it as that being like the magic thing, the cure, the, the one thing that's going to make everything manageable or go away. You know, it's just, if you like it, do it. I mean, it's, that's kind of like most anything else really. Right. I mean, right. And if I can add in there, don't do that with anything. So don't do it with fasting. Don't do it with, you know, any type of special dieting that you're, yeah, you're thinking, well, if I'm in perimenopause, this is going to be better for it. Uh, drinking green tea or celery juice or whatever it is, there just isn't just, yep. if you're in perimenopause, do what you do, do, do something, try, try something, keep going. If you, if I highly recommend, and I think it's essential is heavy strength training. If you're not doing that, forget about the, you know, the things like fasting and, you know, all the different diets and the, you know, keto or carnivore or whatever, like Susan said, it's not, there's no magic thing out there that's going to, except maybe strength training, <laughs> and sleep. Being, lean, lean, being active. I mean, I am in perimenopause and I haven't changed anything. I haven't, you know, found there, there's no magic bullet key um, diet, whatever that you can do, that's going to make the symptoms go away. What I have found is what we just talked about a couple minutes ago is um, I'm the leanest I've been in my life and the most in shape. And I have very little symptoms and maybe that's just me. Maybe that's hereditary genetics, whatever, but um, you know, I'm finding, I'm not, I'm not searching for anything magical going through it. Yes. Sometimes I don't sleep well. I don't sleep like I used to or whatever, but um, I'm not going to search for some magic thing. That's going to help me with that. I'm going to keep going, fight through it, keep doing what I'm doing. So I think that's such a great point that, that people, I think people are really quick to want to blame everything for, for what's not happening. Right. Um, whether it's menopause, perimenopause, whatever, we're, it, it, we're the victim. Right. And, and, and I think that victim kind of mentality, it's happening to me, um, takes all the power away when we're really not the victims. I mean, okay. Well, I mean, it, we have the, the hormones, the, the, the new belly fat, all of that, that is happening to us. Right. But it can be managed and it doesn't have to be debilitating. It doesn't have to be, you, you don't have to resign yourself to the fact that this is how it is because that's not accurate. You still right. are in control of how the story is going to play out. Mm. And, and it's just a matter of maybe not blaming anything else and looking at how you can improve what you're doing to feel better, move better, build strength, all that kind of stuff. Is it that people are looking for the magic bullet because that's what they see in fitness world. They see you must do this. And if you don't have this then you can't do this. So it's almost like a logic tree when actually it needs to be so much more personal to the individual. Is that, is that probably the issue driving this stuff? I think it definitely can be. Um, I notice, like when I look up YouTube videos, there's so many commercials that come on before that. And it's, you know, the, the magic, the, this is all you need to do. The magic thing, just eat this or listen to my, you know, whatever spiel on it. But really it has to be find what works for you and and that may take you you could try fasting maybe that will work for you maybe you'll love it perfect go with it 
Um, you know, maybe you need to eat bigger meals, um, bigger meals and less snacks. Maybe you need to um, eat three meals and two snacks in there. I mean, you, you just have to keep trying things that work and that doesn't happen within a month. And that's not going to be what um, an Instagram influencer does is not going to probably work for you. If that's really what's working for them, that's great. That's fine. You have to find for yourself what works. You know, I'm, I'm still finding things and that changes along the way. Sometimes, I mean, I was just talking with someone this morning. I used to eat a huge breakfast in the morning and I couldn't lift the, until I would do that. And I'd let my food settle and then I'd go downstairs and lift. Well, now I've, I've kind of become accustomed to, um, I don't eat in the morning. Um, I have my coffee and then I'll, I'll work out or do a spin class or lift and then I'll have my protein shake. And that is really working well for me right now. And I love that. And, and then I'll eat a later lunch and then a light dinner. And that's what works for me right now. Mm. I love it. That might change in six months, might change in two months or in a year. But you, you find what works and you go with that. And that's different for everyone. And I think to stop putting everything generalized and say, this is it. This is what everyone needs to do. That mm. doesn't work. I think um, also, I think people need to understand that unsustainable methods are going to equal unsustainable results. I mean, mm-hmm. which means if, if you're doing something that you cannot imagine you doing any longer than a month or two, well, then don't do yeah. it because you will <laughs> not be able doing. to maintain right. whatever you lost doing this crazy thing. Right. And, right. and, and Renee's right. I mean, finding what works for you takes you doing the work to find that out. <laughs> And right. that may mean trying a couple things over the course of a year, you know, or, or long periods of time. And, and a lot of people say, well, I don't want to waste my time. Well, that's not wasting your time. That's actually a great use of time, finding what works and finding out what doesn't, you know, I mean, both of those are equally as valuable. Um, and, and as I, someone called me the other day, the mother of tough love, this is kind of my tough love message right now. I, I mean, I, I've been on a tough love kick. It's just like, you guys, you, you, you are like in control of this. We have to, we have to roll up our sleeves and dig in, you know, it's not easy. And, and, and we need to make this clear, you know, th- this new study that, that just came out about how metabolism is now looked at not to change, like even yeah. at my age, it's, it's yeah. not changing. And how many of us blamed our slow metabolism for all the things we weren't doing well, you know? Yep. And now there's research to show that our metabolism is not the issue. And it's so funny. A lot of people got so pissed off at that. Like they said, well, you don't understand hormones and blah, blah, blah. We're not talking about that. We're talking about your metabolism. That's it. So we can't blame our metabolisms are fine. Now, are there people that have a disease that will affect your metabolism? Of course, there are outliers everywhere, but the everybody else on the planet, guess what? We can't use that as an excuse anymore. You know? So the tough love person in me is like, okay, throw that one away. And now let's roll up your sleeves, dive in and let's put in the work. Let's put in the work. It's always interesting when I get someone inquire and they talk about metabolism and I generally just ask questions like, okay, so when you were younger, what did you do? Oh, I used to walk. I used to go out dancing. I used to do this club. And, oh, cool. Do you do any of that now? No. What do you do now? Eight hours of sat at Zoom calls <laughs> doing nothing. Yeah. Okay. So maybe it's not the metabolism. But people cling on to it, right? Because it gives them... A- 
an excuse, a reason why things aren't working. Yeah. I mean, it's easier to blame something else than it is sure. to look at what you're doing. I mean, yes. I, I went through that whole thing. It's so much easier. Mm. Um, but the reality is the it's better to not have something like affecting you that you have no control over, right? Mm. The good news here is that we do have control over this. And yes, everyone's different. And I always have to caveat, say this as a caveat, because there's always a person that'll say, well, this, this, you don't understand me. Well, okay, then scroll on. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm talking to the masses, not you. <laughs> the irony of it is that the person who says that also looks for a cookie cutter diet. Yes. And you're yes. like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's like head against the wall. Bang, bang. <laughs> yeah, it's like, ah. But I mean, the bottom line is this. We are in control. We are in control. Is it harder as we enter this stage of life? Of course it is. Mm. Um, it doesn't mean it's not doable. And, and, and sometimes it's super hard. And I think people underestimate that piece of it. I think they don't understand what the word difficult or hard actually means until they get into it and they go, wow, this is taking some work. It does, but it's work that any of us can do. It's not like out of anyone's you know, ability. But it's the same for anything, like a business, a new hobby, a new yes. skill, a new language. It's all the same, right? You've got to do the work. Right. Cool. Got it. I think you've nailed that one, ladies. Cool. All right. This is actually one from one of my clients. Um, so how do you shift the mindset from bulking to cutting? So it's, uh, you know, people generally come to me on a fat loss phase, but now she's like, oh, I want to put on some muscle and, and it's the switch in mindset. So how have you ladies dealt with the, the shift? Because obviously scale weight goes up. You might feel a little bit, you know, feel bigger, etc. How do you cope with that? Go Renee. She's in the middle of all that. Yes, I am. Um, I think, you know, over time I've learned to actually love that process and just the change. But the first time I did it, it was, it was extremely difficult to, I, my whole life I had, I mean, we're programmed to think, I think as girls, as women, um, we're constantly trying to lose weight, lose weight. And when I, um, when Susan and I started talking about maybe it's time to maintain or go into a bulk, <laughs> try to gain weight. That's super scary. That's way different than anything I had ever done or most women have really ever done. Mm. But the, the mindset is, was for me really changing that idea that I want to build muscle. I want to change how I look. And I've been in a deficit for so long that I, I I'm not going to be able to continue to change how I look unless I change something. So I had to change my mindset, but I had to change the amount of calories I was eating. And honestly, um, I don't know if Susan remembers this, but I was in my first bulk and I had to eat so much because my, I think my body was in a deficit phase for so long. Um, I finally, I started eating and I just, my body just used it all up and I was, I was staying lean. I was, it was hard for me to actually gain at first. Mm. And it was hard to eat because I'm not used to eating. I'm not used to having, um, making myself eat a snack before because I had calories left. And when you're in a bulk, you you want to eat all those calories. So it's like, yeah. well, 250 calories left. I can have some ice cream and, uh, where's that going to go? But honestly, it, I love to do it very, um, slowly and, and carefully and cleanly. And so I'm not eating a bunch of crap. And honestly, that's, you know, you're extra, you're lifting heavy exercising. That's not going to turn to fat on your body 
overnight. You're going to get a little bit of fat because that's going to happen because you're eating more. But, but honestly, if you do things correctly and you change that mind shift of, I'm going to look different. Yes, I'm going to eat more food, but that's not a bad thing. Hmm. It's going to change how I look to how I want to look. And it's just a whole process. And then you go through the cut and you see, okay, I did, you know, take that extra weight off and look how I changed my looks and take those pictures. And um, that's very rewarding. So I think Mm. once you go through that whole process once or twice, it starts to get easier. And now for me, it's, it's really fun. I'm just, I'm in a short cut right now. And yeah, after this, I'll go back to maintenance for a month or two, and then I'll, I'll go to a bulk again over the winter. I love it. And, and how long did you stay in your bulk for? How long do you typically, typically stay? I think the first time it was four to four months, I think. I'll probably do six months this mm-hmm. time, four to six months again. Yeah, because muscle growth, is it, it, it's slow. Oh, it's, yeah, it's slow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and honestly, I've had clients who, you know, they, they want to try it. And so we'll, we'll try it for a month or two. And just to get that mental change, just to, let's just try it. Let's go up to maintenance for a while. Um, and then let's try to add some extra calories in. We can always go back. We go back to what you know. That's what Susan taught me. You don't like it. You're uncomfortable. It's it's It can be very scary, but we can always go back to what you know. And what I knew very well was deficit. I know how to do a deficit. So mm. it's good. It's good to push yourself to learn something new. Awesome. It's all about your mindset, I think, with this. And it, I think the word bulk is part of the issue for a lot of people. Um, especially those of us that have spent decades trying not to make the scale go up, you know, and now for the first time in our lives, that's a goal. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's crazy in your head, right? Mm -hmm. It that's a hard one to let go of. And what happened with me and what I find happens with people that I've worked with is that, but Renee's not one of them, by the way, and and on this example, and I think you'll agree with me, Renee, that I feel like I did this when I did a six month bulk and that was, oh, you know what? I'm too full to eat this. You know, I'm, I can't eat this today. I'm just so full. You know, and Jordan was like, you can eat that. I mean, <laughs> we had a whole podcast about that very thing. It and he basically called me out and he was right. I was terrified to gain weight, right? And my goal when I did it was a pound a month and it was slow and controlled. And within that month, my weight was all over the place. Hmm. And I would just land a pound up every month. It was like clockwork because we did it slow, because we did it controlled. That's how it can go. And, um, you know, I mean, you can do it faster than that, but that's how, what I felt comfortable with at the, at the time. And, and I know that, um, some people are like, you know, they, they want to gain muscle without any weight gain. And I'm like, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't work that way. You have to trust it. And, and when you stop listening to the bull crap that you tell yourself, you know, I'm not hungry. Well, you know, have a tablespoon of peanut butter for God's sakes. You, you, you know, you, you know what I mean? I mean that, that will do it. And it's not yeah. going to like make you explode because you're so full. 500 <laughs> you know? calories in one spoon. Yes. <laughs> it's like you can't let fear drive this car. You know, I talk about the fat loss car and the muscle building car and, and with the, the fat loss car, obviously the driver's always nutrition, but with muscle building, the roles are reversed. Now training is the driver of that car and you can build muscle in maintenance. You can also build muscle in a small surplus. You know, obviously a small surplus is more efficient, maybe optimal, maybe than maintenance, but you can certainly do it in maintenance too, which is cool. Yeah. Right. Um, but you, you need to feed yourself, but even more important than that, your training 
better be spot on because if you're not lifting heavy weight, you ain't building anything. And, and this is what drives me crazy about people who want, and I understand the circumstances in the world right now, a lot of gyms are closed in places and people are working out at home. But when people ask how they can basically build muscle at home with a pair of 10 pound dumbbells, you know, it's like, you know, you're not going to do it. You can't recreate a gym in your house unless you have a gym in your house. Like Renee does. Renee has a gym in her house. She has yes. access to everything. So yeah, she can do whatever she wants at home, just like at a, at a regular gym. But we have to be realistic about what building muscle requires, which requires you to have access to weight. Now, if you're newer, can you make some progress? Of course you can. But at some point, you need to have access to more weight. That's just kind of the bottom. That's how you build. I was watching um, a clip. What's that? Pumping iron with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. And saying about how his bicep curls. So he would do bicep curls for maybe one or two reps because that's what he could get. He'd strip the bar, another two or three, strip the bar. And I'm like, my arms would fall off after about four sets of that. Yeah. But that's a mindset you have to really, yes. you can't, because the body will stay and want to not want to adapt, right? your body will fight you at every turn to change. I mean, your body doesn't want to change, mm. you know, it's, that's why it's hard to put on muscle. Your body likes it where it is. And if mm. it, that's why it's hard to lose weight because your body likes where it is, you know, it's going to push back. So you have to be aware of that too, I think, and, and be willing to um, really push yourself in the gym. I don't know if people truly understand that, you know, I don't think so. And, right. and, and I think, but once they do, things change, things yeah. change, you know? So it, it's, it's a matter of getting yourself out of a comfort zone. I think so many people have been in maybe a little bubble, um, and of exercise, which is fine. There's room for everybody in the muscle building world, right? There is, mm -hmm. but you need to be willing to come out of you, uh, out of that bubble and get uncomfortable with some things that you maybe not have done before. Got it. Perfect. All right. Next question was from a fellow coach, good friend of mine, Chrissy Hiller. Um, she's, she's got her own podcast, actually. I'll send it. You guys have a little listen. She's awesome. Um, what advice would you give to a woman in her forties? Who's just getting started with exercise and nutrition? Who wants to go first? <laughs> it's like, well, where to start? Um, gosh, that's when I started. I started at 48. Yeah, I was, I think I was 48 when, um, when I hired Susan to be my strength training coach and, Gosh, I mean, I had tried so many other things before that. Um, advice, I just, again, find what works for you. Um, you know, eat good food, develop some goals, write down some goals. Where, where do you want to go with this? What kinds of things do you want to do? Mm. Do you have um, weight to lose? Do you want to build muscle? Um, do you need a strength training coach to help you um, know how to do those things? Because I was an athlete, you know, in high school and college, and I, I always felt that I should be able to do this on my own. Why, why can't I lose these last 20 pounds or whatever um, on my own? It shouldn't be that hard. It's not rocket science. Well, it really isn't, but I really needed someone to show me how to do that with the nutrition and also with the strength training. And um, gosh, it's just so fun. I just, I just say, just dive in, you know, read things, um, watch YouTube videos. Um, don't just go on Instagram and think that you're going to learn a lot of 
you know, good programming off of Instagram because that's that's not the, the the place to do that. So awesome. I think for anybody that is just starting, like if this if the people in the 40s or whatever is just starting, um, I would tell them to do two things. One thing is I would tell them to get a pad of paper and a pencil out and keep it in the kitchen and literally write down on that piece of paper every single thing they put in their mouth whether it's food, whether it's a drink, whether it's a bite, a snack, it doesn't matter. Just write it down. You don't have to weigh it, measure it, become aware. And that's what that's all about is you have to be honestly aware of what you're consuming. And I say honestly, because we all think that we're consuming one amount and we're really consuming a lot more than that. I'm only at 1,200 calories, I promise. I promise, (laughs) I know. Oh yeah, I forgot about the two lattes, the four handfuls of nuts and you know I mean? Yeah, we... So if you keep, and literally it's got to be pencil and paper. I'm a real stickler about this part because when you write it down, it sits with you more than if you type into your phone or your computer. Cause we do that all day. That becomes just totally mindless, write it on a piece of paper. It's going to be ingrained in your head. And what you're going to find is as you keep doing that, you start making different decisions. So already your awareness of what you're consuming is there. And if you want to take that eventually to calorie counting and all that, sure, cool, that that's great. But start with the awareness. Then the other thing is, if you're new, you know, to strength training or working out, I would start by making walking your routine, like every single day, 10 minutes, it could be more than that, whatever, but that is a non-negotiable. You put it in your calendar. This is what I'm doing. I don't care how cold it is. I don't care if it's raining. I have to do this. And that starts instilling a habit as a sense of, I, this is what I do. I walk on this at this time, this day. And those two things are the perfect place for, I think for people to start. And then I would tell those people, okay, you want to dive into the strength training world. Um, you could do stuff at home at first, if you wanted, I mean, say, okay, I'm going to do by the end of the day, 25 body weight squats and 25 assisted pushups, maybe with my hands on the wall. By the end of the day, the number's 25. You can do five at a time, three at a time, doesn't matter. Just move that way. And then like Renee said, hire a coach and I would do it in person. I would always go to an in-person coach first. I really feel like somebody who's new needs the Mm hands-on, one-on-one checks for safety form, whatever, confidence, learning our gym, where everything is, all that stuff. I feel like that's super important. And it's not like you have to invest forever, but a handful of sessions would be really, really, really beneficial, Mm. you know, and then you can enter the world of strength training in a safe, uh, confident way, you know, at a gym. Awesome. I think, yeah, I I would add, you you guys have nailed it. I think for me, I'd say, just remember this one phrase, diet for weight, exercise for shape. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really honing on that nutrition. I feel like there's so much, and this is an interesting topic. I feel like there's so much out there. I think Renee, you actually even posted about this today. Um, And I've talked about this a lot recently is the reasons we exercise should have zero to do with weight loss and fat loss. It should have zero to do with that. It should have everything to do with improving our strength, our health, our mobility, our bone density, our mental health, our heart, blah, 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 all those things that it does for us. It's not a punishment because we overate. It's not a punishment because we're making room for calories at the barbecue. You know, that's not why we exercise. And and when we understand what our relationship is with exercise, 
first of all, that relationship with exercise drastically improves, right? It, it becomes what it should be a positive thing, not necessarily the thing to burn calories. Plus it's super inefficient, right? To burn calories anyway. Yep. I mean, you can burn 300 calories in an hour and eat it in a minute. So, I mean, it's not, it makes no sense. A, a whole minute. What's taking you so long? <laughs> What's taking me so long? <laughs> Speed up. I mean, I think the whole relationship with exercise thing mm. is something that needs to be more addressed. And it's so funny. I put it in my Someone asked in one of my Q and A's on Instagram and, um, about how much cardio do I need for weight loss? And it's like, Oh, don't get me started on that question <laughs> because it's like, and, and I basically just kind of put down, this isn't, this is not why we exercise. Mm -hmm. This is why we should exercise. And your relationship with exercise is going to be so much better. You know, we talk about relationships with food. We also have a relationship with exercise, which is equally as important. Mm. And I think making sure we're up on that relationship is, is is super important. And as I said, Renee posted about that very thing today. It's something that we see a lot that we're programmed. How much I need cardio to lose weight. Well, no, really you don't need anything to lose weight except being a calorie deficit, not the optimal way to go, mind you, but, um, of course. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, always, it's always funny when I, when I say to people, so how do you think people that starve die? <laughs> they're, not, they're not, they're not doing cardio. I promise. <laughs> Yeah, but do you I think, promise? I promise. But do you think again? There's, you know, your health professionals might say, if someone's got diabetes or overweight, they'll say the first thing they'll say is, you need to start exercising. Um, and I've seen numerous fat loss programs out there that like you have to use my specific system of training to burn fat because of some complicated but you know px9 p90x remember that muscle oh yeah yeah that's why you're not losing weight uh insanity yep oh, God, i did insanity yes oh, yeah. oh. oh. you know i i will say this and jordan and i have talked about this a couple times too um in the inner circle about how you know somebody who's really obese and that has a lot of pre-diabetes whatever has diabetes um having them focus on one thing. And, and our first thought was always, we'll focus on the, the nutrition, but we've kind of shifted a little bit to no focus on having them move every day, because when they start to move every day, they're going to start to feel better. Mm -hmm. And, and that, I mean, that can be the catalyst for the other. I mean, you could try the other, but we would rather see them move, I think, and then bring on their nutrition slowly. It, 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 everyone's different, but sometimes just getting them moving, getting the blood flow, the endorphins feeling better will, you know, it's that, like I posted today, action mo results, motivation. It could be that wheel that gets spinning too first, you know, and then we go over here and we start tackling the nutrition. I think so many people do say when my exercise is on point, my nutrition is on point. So the two are definitely linked. I think there's studies on that, isn't there? I'm sure. There probably, are. probably. I'm very sure. Awesome. All right. So here's a, this is a question for me, really. So how do you, how do you deal with setbacks that stop your training injuries? I know we talked about working around it, but you might have a bereavement or something. So it stops you training for a week or so. How do you deal with those situations when you've got stress in your life and it, it, you know, might derail your training. And then obviously the longer you leave it, you know what happens. Well, all three of us need to address this. Greg, you go first. Cause you've had, you've had a major, you had a major oh, yeah. setback and I know Renee has too. 
Mm-hmm. And I, and I have too. So, I mean, we're all coming from different angles, but the same concept. Okay. I'll, I'll go first then. So for me, I think when I ruptured my Achilles, obviously the first three or four weeks, I didn't really do much, mm-hmm. but for me, because training has always been part of my life, I was like, right, actually, what can I do? I might not be able to do everything. I've got a boot. It's going to be uncomfortable, but what can I do? Can I do bicep curls and overhead press seated? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can, can right? Seated? Great. Have I got a TRX? I can do single leg. Okay. Awesome. So let's see what I can do and just do that. If, if that's what it means and I've done something, I'll say I've done 10, 20 minutes in the gym today. Great. And that's how I did it. And it was frustrating because I couldn't do all the, the sexy stuff. I could do Bulgarian split squats. Although with a boot, I could do them. It was awesome. <laughs> I did them with a boot, with my boot on. I was like, oh, this is quite steady. Wow. Yeah, wow. So you had the boot on the, the elevated leg too, right? Yeah. Wow. How did that feel? First two reps were weird off. Like I was yeah, in because yeah. yeah. it doesn't move your ankle, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was yeah. like, this yeah. is perfect. I might get one of these for just doing them normally, actually. <laughs> Still here. <laughs> <laughs> you keep it handy. Just in case, just in case. That's, yeah, that's what I did. I just found things that I could do. Kettlebell swings after a while. I was like, okay, I can swing. And that's what I did. I think for me, it was keeping the gap between training sessions as short as possible. Yeah. Because I know what happens if you leave it too long. We know. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Cool. Who wants to go next on this one? Go ahead, Renee. Sure, I will. Um, yeah, I have had a few, well, I have a few things in my life that just make it sometimes really difficult. Um, but last summer, I think it's been a, a, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, I was diagnosed with cancer in my left shoulder and it was um, uh, a sarcoma that's super rare, but I was able to have it removed and I had a couple surgeries and I just had to heal from that. So that obviously slowed me down a bit. Um, it's all good now, but it definitely, um, made me, you know, look at things differently and do things a little bit differently for my training, of course, because I had to work around that and just take time to heal. And I, I needed, what I did was I talked to Susan quite a few times and, and she just slows me down mentally. It's like, okay, but I'm going to lose all my progress. I'm not going to be able to do my chin-ups. I'm, I, I, I just had to put priorities in perspective there. My health was the most important. Like Susan would tell me, the cancer's gone. That's what's most important. It's not there anymore. That alone, you know, I can work around. I can wait. I can heal, not move my shoulder like the doctors told me. Um, And and it did. And I did. I could do lower body stuff, you know, and everything worked out great. And I'm back at it just as strong as before. Um, I also have a son that's... um, disabled and he has full care. He goes to a day center three days a week now. So that, you know, if he gets sick, he depends on me, um, his, his life really. And so Mm. I have to take that when he's sick, I, that comes first again, priorities. And, um, I just have to remember that my fitness journey, um, my lifting nutrition, that all is, is a huge, huge, huge part of my life. But it's a journey and it's not a race and it doesn't all have to be done right away. Some of it can, I can take five weeks to do a four week program. I can take six weeks. It's not going to end my progress because progress is slow. Whether you, you know, you're making progress, 
slowly you're going to lose progress slowly as well. It doesn't all go away just because you something happens and you can't mm. can't work out for a while, right? It's still there. You go back at it. It feels even better sometimes from taking a break. And then and then I started my coaching business um, about a year and a half ago. And so I throw that in there. And and that's a you know a super busy. Thing in my life. And so it's just kind of managing all those things and, and doing what I can do and helping others. And then just making it, um, I want to do this forever. Like I, I'm not, I'm not trying to um, do something by next year or something. I'm, you know, I want some bike races. I want to do some bikes, you know, some things like that I want to do, but, but honestly, this is going to be the rest of my life. So, mm-hmm. um, taking it all in stride and, and putting priorities in place and just enjoying the process. And I'm working around the obstacles and, and things that come up in life and, and just being okay with that. It's okay to, to put things down for a little while and work around it. But if I can't do it on a certain day, I can't do it. And that's okay. And that's it. Awesome. You know, for me with this recent injury, it, it, I mean, I hadn't had a shoulder issue in years and years and years. And it brought back kind of what I did back then. I did it this time too. Literally I'm in the gym and I had to re I'm, I'm at a new gym on top of it, which didn't help just learning your way around and, 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 and everything anyway. Um, but I remembered that the first day I went into the gym after my injury, I'm like, okay, I had my paper out, my pencil out. And what I started test driving things. Okay. Band pull aparts, big, no, can't do that. Had no real, I mean, I had a little range of motion by that point have, I can do this though. Look at this. Nice. <laughs> like that's like impressive. <laughs> um, but I wanted to test what pulling movements I could do. I can do almost any pulling movement now. Um, but pressing movements. So I got on a Smith machine and I was in push-up position. So hands elevated push-ups, right? Mm. And I, as I'm lowering myself, I start to feel it. So I take the weight off of this hand and I'm all on this one. So almost all the weights here. I mean, I'm learning how to compensate so I can still do push-ups, right? Did now I can do regular push-ups with neutral grip. I can't go here all the way yet, but I'm getting there. And then I'm like, well, how can I squat? Like I, I, my shoulder can't rotate back right now to get to a full, it probably could, but if I put any weight on it, it probably wouldn't. Mm -hmm. So I went to the Smith machine again, got under it and held it with one arm. I mean, I got under it and I had this here, like it was way out. This arm was way out here. So my bad shoulder holding on with this one and I can squat and I could load it. You know, this is what you need to do is you go and test drive crazy things to see if you can find things that you can do, because when you start finding things you can do, your head is in the game. Now Mm -hmm. you feel like, okay, I'm not going to lose everything. I am making progress. I am moving forward. And, and that's part of like, what's in my programming right now, upper body. It's a lot of back development, which is cool. And we're doing, we're doing shoulder development. The only shoulder thing I'm not doing is lateral raises. That's it. Yeah. You know, everything else. now, am I going to be overhead pressing what I could press before this? No. I mean, I, I got 22 pounds over my head, which is like uh, almost a miracle to me. Um, but I'm working my way back, right? Little bit by little bit. That's what it takes that all of us have done is finding what we can do. I think that's the kind of the, the bottom line key here is finding what you can do um, to keep moving forward, to keep your head in the game. Cause really with injuries, it's the mental part that's the worst. Definitely. Definitely. And I guess on that, how do you, you're both exceptionally busy. Like I swear social media doesn't happen without Susan posting. 
I'm like, oh my God, how's he posted again? <laughs> I need to up my game. So how do you ensure you both have clients, you have businesses, your family, et cetera? How do you fit all your training in? How do you decide it's going to happen? It, it's in it my is. calendar. I, yeah, I, I exactly. literally have it. it and, and, you know, I almost screwed today up. Like Renee texted me this morning and I'm like, oh my God, it is the 25th today. Like I had, it was not, thank God you did that, Renee. <laughs> I'm so thankful. Where are you? I had literally blocked in training, right? I mean, I'm just, I just moved it down to when we're done. Literally, I have my bag right here. I'm going to to the gym as soon as we're done. I have another podcast at 530. So I am putting it in, in this window. I mean, that's how, that's how I do it. I have my calendar. I have my morning little routine with inner circle business or whatever. Then I prioritize, is it a training day? Cool. I'm plug that. I make sure that that's in there. Um, but one thing I've started doing is I try to shut everything work-wise off, um, at dinner time, not like during, but from dinner time on, um, I, I don't want to do any work, <laughs> you know, and right now that's working for me because I have a hard time stepping away. Renee knows this too, that we could do this, uh, you know, 24 seven. I mean, there's so much to do, right? Greg, you know, this, I mean, we could do it and go and go and go and go. And that's not healthy. You know, it's just not, it's not good for anybody. So learning uh, boundaries and being able to cut off. And I I don't post every day anymore. It may may seem annoyingly like like I do. (laughs) Well, actually, you know, I do. And the I made a conscious decision to not feel obligated to do it every single day. Mm-hmm. My life's not going to depend on this. You know, I'm, I'm sitting very comfortably in the job that I have and I love what I do. It, that's not going to change. So let me do what feels good to me at a pace that feels good to me, you know? And I think that's super important for all of us too. Massive. Maybe, maybe it's because I've, I've really made an effort this year to not follow so many people not being so many groups so that might be why you both come up a lot because you're one of my chosen few i've just gone through and just gone yeah get rid bye 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 i hear you on that it's just yeah. it's distraction it just yeah. and before yeah. you know it you spent an hour reading watching cat videos you started to look at a post <laughs> from someone two hours later oh don't, so if fun. you love dogs don't go to woof woof tv it will suck you in <laughs> For hours. It is the best, it is the best account out there, but you gotta be. <laughs> cats of TikTok for me. Yeah. I'm a cat per- I haven't got a cat anymore, but I cats for me. But yeah. It's, cats it's, too. It's, so yeah. It's gone. So maybe that's maybe that's the issue. Then people just need to actually say it's in this slot, it doesn't move, and also check my screen time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm I'm the same. I mean, I've got my my calendar right here. It's paper. I have to have old school. It's very old school, but it works for me. Um, I make my to do list. And uh, I mean, I'll, I'll put down two or three personal things that I really have to get done that day. And then three personal or three work things that I have to get done. And whether that's client check ins or or whatever, but um, my lifting is always in there it's it's scheduled like an appointment just like susan said you know it's i 
it's a lifting day. Okay, I'm gonna go downstairs. I'm gonna block everything else out. I try to get in that routine. It um, it works for me to do it not early morning, but um, if I get my son ready and take him to day center, I come home, go right down to the basement because I am so easily distracted. I can start throw, throwing in a load of laundry. You know, I work from home. I work out at home. Everything is from home. I could throw in laundry, and before you know it, it's two hours later, and I'm cleaning the floor. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> go in the basement shut the door and, and train yeah. yes yeah yeah i have to stay i yeah and i'm also also working on um trying to turn it off at night trying to turn it off a little bit on the weekends because it's very easy to work all weekend long and then family is home and mom or my husband is saying yep you're still working <laughs> put it down especially in summer where there's other things fun things to do and yeah in places to go. So yeah, definitely trying to keep a good schedule of that. Awesome. Ladies, I'm conscious that Susan needs to go and train now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, I could talk all day to you guys, as, as we all know. But I'm like, right, Susan's got to train. I need to. <laughs> so, is there any nuggets of this conversation that you think people should just go, hold, listen to this one bit of value that I've delivered today? There's a one thing from today's conversation that people can go, yeah. You covered a lot. Yeah, we did. I know. I'm really challenging you to pick one thing. You're challenging people that are memory challenged to remember things. <laughs> What's my <laughs> name? Life we're in. <laughs> I think. I think the thing is, um, one thing that when we first started our conversation, we started, we talked about um, finding what works for you and don't try to find a magic bullet that's going to make everything work. And just going back to that, try to find something and take your time uh, finding what works for you, try different things, but give it some time and don't um, be so influenced by others around you that, that there's something magical or that you have to change because you're in perimenopause or menopause there's no magic bullet. So awesome. I, I think I would leave everybody with um, no, ma no matter how hard it gets or how frustrated you are, you're still in control. You control the narrative. You control the narrative of what you say to yourself. You control the narrative of how it goes. And that's like the best news of all. I don't care what your situation is physically, what, whatever you still control this. And when you start to internalize that and really believe it, well, then I think things can start to happen even in the worst of circumstances. You know, I mean, there's progress to be had for everybody everywhere. I think you just realize and embrace our, you, you call it. Mm. Awesome. And I, I guess I'll leave with people with just ask the question, what can you do? Yeah. No matter what's going on. If you ask, what can you do? Then you'll be all good. Do something. Yes. Love it. Ladies, I could talk to you all day, as you know, but I know, you know, and I'm sure we'll catch up again very, very soon. Um, I'll drop your links to your social media so people can come and follow you and stuff in the show notes. But just want to thank you guys for coming on and apologies for my boo-boo last week. <laughs> okay. And if you're going to make that kind of, make it with me because I, I do this all the time. You're in great company here. Not, not, not a worry at all. Yeah, uh, the time you. zones are awesome all right ladies thank you very much Take care. we will speak soon and ladies and gents if you're listening to this podcast leave a review come and say hello share this with friends i think there's some absolute gems in here thank you very much see you soon